Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. This will air on uh, this will air Friday on Black Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Black Friday. Love it. We're gonna have a conversation. You ready? All right. We're good to go. All right. We're about to record. Come Holy Spirit. <coughs> I, uh, a little bit of, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's not any kind of, uh, uh, deliverance. That was just me coughing. Okay, okay great. Here we go. Mine was. <clears throat> so, no. hey friends and welcome to beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Piron. I'll be the host for today's show with my good friends and brothers in Christ, Aaron Richards hey, and Dan Dimite. Oh. Here's the question for you today, friends. What are you thankful for? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you're probably thinking yesterday was Thanksgiving. So this is well-timed and you'd be right. But we also <laughs> want to really focus in on the fact that like Thanksgiving is um, one of the most important aspects of our lives as Christians. Like we need to be thankful because the Lord is so good and so gracious to us. And I know that you're listening to this on the Friday after Thanksgiving. So you might've already forgotten the things you were grateful for because you're running to get the list of things you don't yet have during your Black Friday shopping. But <laughs> we can always pursue more while still still being thankful for the things we have now. And that's what we're going to dive into during today's show. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start in prayer, and then we'll dive into all things Thanksgiving. Aaron, yeah, you start nice. in prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus, we love you. We're thankful for the gift that you've poured into our lives, Lord, your presence to us, Holy Spirit, your presence in our lives. Father, all the, all the things that you've given us, all the things that you've provided for us, the ways that you have designed uh, our lives with us in mind. You desire to partner with us. Thankful for the way you've poured into our families. Hmm. We we could never we could never put enough words to the the gratitude that you are owed. But Lord, we want to put ourselves in that posture of response to you, and we pray that this episode would be a response to you, that we'd be able to gather as a beyond Damascus community on this day to uh, offer you worship and uh, acknowledge, acknowledge the, the love that you have and the way that you're operating in our lives. So we want to celebrate you, Lord, and we're grateful for you. And um, we pray that even in our words today, that we would inspire other hearts to come into that, that type of encounter with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the, the Father, Father, and the Son, Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. So Amen. Um, here at Beyond Damascus, as you both know, we don't often start with emphatic questions, and I'm not <laughs> sure I'm cool enough to even pull that off. But um, today with the question of um, what are you thankful for, I, I think that um, it's funny because I, I've had this um, sort of conversation on my heart since really my conversion. I, I would say that shortly after my conversion, I, I'm... I have so many perfectionist tendencies. I want to figure things out. Like that's just my natural temperament. So after I met the Lord, I was just like, oh, I want to know how to pray. Like, I don't even know how to pray. How do you repent appropriately? Like all these things. And I had this amazing spiritual director at the time and he just slowed me down, which I need so often as our listeners, you probably know, you're probably like, Brad, if you could speak just slightly yeah. slower. Um, <laughs> Calm down. Puppy. Yeah. He's so excited. Uh, he just, he slowed me down and um, I was just really trying to seek direction in all these things. And he was like, Brad, I, I think we have to come to understand what it is that the, that the Lord even expects from us. Like the Lord, he, he knows that the things that you're going to bring to him are imperfect. Like he, he knows that you're not going to figure all this out like month one of conversion. But one thing the Lord does expect from you is gratitude. 
that, that he wants you to just be thankful for where you're at, even in its inconsistencies, because that's exactly where he's going to show up. And he wants you to be thankful for the places where you're excited about where you're at, because those are because of those areas are because of graces that he's given. Yep. And, um, and he went on to say, like, I, I think something that a lot of us as Christians have heard before. And that was that like, Brad, at the end of the day, if the only prayer you say is thank you, that would be enough. And, and I thought about that a lot over the next year, you know, like, Lord, I, I'm thankful that, that you forgive me. There's repentance, right? Yeah. Like, Lord, I'm thankful that you're present here. There's Eucharistia, right? Like, like, Lord, I, I am thankful that you are with me always. Like, there's the day-to-day Christian walk. So I, I've thought about that a lot since that time, but I wonder if at the beginning of this episode, obviously in the spirit of Thanksgiving, but from a, a purely Christian perspective, like, I wonder if we can start with just ministry and um, and our lives in the Lord and why we're thankful for that. So mm. I don't know if you want to kick us off there, Dan, but just maybe um, reflecting on, um, yeah, how good the Lord's been in those calls. So what are you thankful for when it comes to ministry, life in the Lord, all that? Yeah, that's such a great question. Thanks. Uh, thank you for yes, asking me, yes, Brad. Emphatically at the <laughs> yeah. beginning. I even left the cliffhanger. You know? I'm really working on yeah. it. Yeah. It's actually, it's funny in, in ministry, like in the, in the ministry context, I asked, I ask this question all the time to, as an evaluation, like, am I thankful enough? Because like, if you mm-hmm. look at my strength, uh, strength finders, uh, report, <laughs> I'm like futuristic and strategy are like my two like top strengths. <laughs> yeah. So like a lot of times I feel a little guilty because it's like, okay, God has built this giant like retreat center at, on mm. uh, at Damascus. And the mm. moment it's built, I'm like, okay, what's the next project? And like, um, I have a hard time sometimes just resting in the fact mm. that like, well, what you just did was miraculous and uh, and marveling with with wonder and awe and what he's done. And uh, because a lot of times I'm like, yes, we checked it off. Now it's the next mission. Mm-hmm. And and I do that like literally, like we're still trying to build our Minnesota camp and we're right. opening our Michigan camp. And Thank my you, mind is just focused on like East Coast camp and West Coast camp and how do we get more movement in Georgia and mm-hmm. what do we do? Like, mm-hmm. and, and I... Th- I what I've realized in ministry is that um, the the two aren't opposed to each other as long as they're grounded in a heart of gratitude. And so, um, right. And I really think it's like for me, Thanksgiving gratitude is really connected with the the gift of the Holy Spirit of wonder and awe. Um, to be able, mm-hmm. like, we don't talk about wonder and awe too much anymore in the church, but you see it all throughout the Old Testament that, and even in the New Testament, where like like they just marveled. At the power of God, they marveled mm-hmm. at what what God was doing after Pentecost. It, it says all were amazed, right? They were bewildered, they were confused. There was this like all these interesting words after Pentecost. Like you have amazement, you have bewilderment, you have confusion, and I actually think that that wonder and awe of what God is doing can be mixed with gratitude really beautifully. And like, okay, God, I am. I am so amazed that you have built this place. Like you've built Damascus physically, like, like you've raised more money than I have the ability to raise and built incredible buildings. And you've brought more ministers of the gospel missionaries into this vineyard than I ever, ever imagined. And you're, Hmm. you're enabling us to serve more kids. Like, and it's just as, amazement and wonder Mm -hmm. and at the Mm -hmm. same time this confusion and bewilderment of like but i know you want more and and so Mm -hmm. so why isn't the more that i know you want why hasn't it happened yet and and being able to Mm -hmm. to be there like i'm so amazed at what you're doing 
and I'm still confused as to why you're not doing more. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's where my heart kind of rests a lot of times in ministry, yeah. even yeah. with like miracles, right? And signs and wonders where it's like, man, I, I am so amazed that I've seen cancer healed. I'm so amazed mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. legs grow. I'm so amazed I've seen broken bones like yeah. healed. Uh, and and yeah, God, I, I, I'm confused why when you promise signs and wonders, why I haven't seen more. Yeah. And like, it's just... I think that's what I, I guess that's what I think. Like, how can I thank God and love God for what he's doing in our mission and what he's doing in individuals' lives, what he's mm-hmm. doing in signs and wonders, and yet at the same time have that paradox, like yeah. post-Pentecost, where I'm like, this is amazing, and I'm still kind of confused. Yeah, well, <laughs> what about, like, um, I, I wonder, I want to I throw this to both of you, because everything you're saying there um, resonates with me, and I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people who work in the church, that there's this hunger to see God do everything he's promised. Yeah. But it was funny. This was probably six months ago where I was sitting with the Lord and the Lord revealed to me something that's helped me in this pursuit of gratitude, which I think has been a pursuit of mine for a long time. And I wonder what you guys think about it, but he was, he was suggesting to me that those don't have to be competing interests in this sense, that if the Lord knew of a place that I could be, that would be better set up to get where he wanted me to go, he would have me there. So like, here's what I mean by that. There's so much that he's promised, right? And I want it all to take place. And and maybe I'm in a place where I wish more of it would have already happened. But if there was a better place for me to be in conjunction to where he wanted to get me to go, he would have me there. So I can be thankful at the fact that God has me in the perfect place for everything he plans to take place later, whether that's exponential increase next week or that's progressive increase over the next decade and then exponential after that, whether that's exponential at the end of my, like, it was just this realization that the grace of God has brought me to a moment where all of his promises are not yet behind or I'm not lagging behind the progress to them, but he has me in the perfect place if I yield to him to achieve all of those in my life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And I I think, I I think the, um, another area where I just, I find a lot of fruit from the Holy Spirit is, um, in ministry so often, um, you just find yourself, I'm sure you guys do as well. Just find yourself in tears of like what God is doing in in the moment. And it's like you meet the individual and you're praying with them and you're, you're, you're literally watching on their face salvation come upon them. And you're just like, oh my goodness. And, or you're, you're seeing breakthrough happen in someone's life. And I think the, um, Mm -hmm. I'm not naturally a crier, right? Like I'm not a very emotive person, but I cry a lot in ministry because I I, I think it's that the Holy Spirit um, in it kind of filling you with gratitude. And I think realizing that gratitude isn't, or Thanksgiving isn't a personality trait as much as a gift of God, that I, right. I can only actually have wonder mm-hmm. and awe through the Holy Spirit. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And gratitude and Thanksgiving is a gift of God that it allows that's well up in me um, so that I can see what he's doing yeah. and just honor it. It's also funny. I wonder what you think about this, Aaron, that like um, Thanksgiving almost in its nature gives us a hunger for more because we see how good it's been to now. And it's like, like, cause we were made for the infinite. Like we were made for heaven. So of course it's a foretaste. Everything I'm thankful for is just like an appetizer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, word. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> you've been so good to me. And, and I know that's not like the, the full reality of your goodness. Cause I'm sure there's blocks here. I'm sure I'm not answering the call yeah. perfectly. Um, 
how have you in your life balanced that? Um, I, I don't know what can seem like to be a dichotomy between like thankfulness for the present moment and hunger for what God wants to do. That was, I think I was just going to ask that question. <laughs> so all of us have the same question. <laughs> yeah. So, the, but the way you, the way you position it, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is an invitation to actually preach this truth to myself, right? Sure. That, uh, in, I'll use the example of, of prayer for healing because, mm-hmm. you know, that's often an area where I am tasked with teaching in this community. Uh, so I, I know the promise that God has made, seen the way that he's fulfilled that promise. I've seen, I've seen miracles that are, that are completely inexplainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, with, with my own eyes and, and, and through, through the prayers of our missionaries and through the prayers of this community and you know, our, our miracle book is filled with testimony. Yet what happens when I don't see one? Like I'm not derailed because the fact that I don't understand something isn't an excuse to step outside of the promise. Right. So, uh, I, you know, at some point there's a prudence where I need to, like I need to respect reality for a moment and and step back and realize, all right, if I if I decide to, if I decide to really continue to press this hard, I'm going to hurt myself or somebody else. Sure, sure. Yeah, you have to have a pastoral uh, skill set there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we pray because Jesus told us to, not mm-hmm. because we see fruit, mm-hmm. right? We pray because of the promise, not because of the, not because of the benefit it's going to have for us. And I think it's it's in understanding, or I guess the motivation I would I would say has to come from: Am I am I confident in what the Lord has called? Yeah. Because my ability, my conviction to participate in that promise is gonna is gonna be directly associated with how confident I am in the promise that He's made. Mm-hmm. So if you're lacking clarity around what that promise is, find that clarity, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then, gosh, just you got to go for it. Yeah. Like you, you got to go for it and you have to, you have to realize that my identity isn't wrapped up in whether this thing succeeds or fails. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. This is Kent Hampton, General Manager of the Sword, St. George, Kansas. I always strive to remember that every one of us is a wounded soul in need of God's love. There is no better place on the airways for wounded souls to encounter God's mercy and love than Catholic Radio. Catholic Radio is important. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. Divine Intimacy Radio. The greatest joy in my life is helping others to come to know Christ more fully. And there's no better light on this path, the path to deep union with God, than the wisdom of the saints. Talking about this daily on EWTN Radio is one of the great joys of my life. Divine Intimacy Radio, Sunday, 6.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. 
Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Check this out. I think um, we talk about identity a lot on the podcast, obviously. And as um, as we've been having this roundtable in that faith and hope um, dynamic, check this out. If you're operating in faith in the here now and not hope in the eternal, it can become performance very quickly. That, that it has to happen right now because I've decided in my head, this is exactly when it has to happen. And I got to keep pushing. And in the case that this isn't happening, one of us isn't performing right. If it's just hope without faith, then there's no action step. It's just kind of like, I will just float yeah, into yeah. the promises of God, you know? There's almost like, it's it's just funny that God's always kind of taking us to like, I want you to hunger for me to pour out everything right now. And I don't I don't get ab- upset, right? Yep. Like, it, it's simply that like, it works itself out in my time. So again, I think holding those two yeah. no, I love in that. unison is super important. And operating, a, that's such a great analogy for teaching healing ministry and how to mm. deal with the fact that when a person doesn't get healed, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but holding love as, as the paramount there as well. So yeah, like at the end of the it. day, whatever happens, that person is loved, loved. and you love God mm. and you're loved by God. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Like yeah. I'm going, so I, I have faith that God's going to heal this person or God's going to bring about this person's conversion. Yeah. Um, I have hope if he like, well, no matter what happens, but no matter what, I'm going to yeah. love this person. And That's this right. person's going to experience my love that for has them. saved my heart. Yeah. It really has saved my heart because I am so, I am so naturally drawn to resume building. Yeah. I am so naturally drawn to, I think that I have the gifts enough to, if I show up perfectly right now, the outcome that I desire should happen. Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't. But that does, it gives me the opportunity to lean on hope. But but then also I recognize in myself that as that happens, I can find in myself an excuse to no longer have faith in the moment because, oh, well, it'll work out. But then I'm like, but now I'm just lazy and not doing anything. Yeah. And I don't even mean that we were made to like do in some kind of way, but yes, we were, we were made to manifest God in the earth who is action. His action is love. And I can't operate in love if I don't have faith that right now God could break into your life. You know, I don't know. Well, and to know that God loves me no matter what the outcome. So like if, if Aaron heals 10 people that he prays over and I pray for 10 people and none of them get healed, like God loves us the exact same, right? Or if Aaron's ministry explodes and mine doesn't, God loves us the exact same. It's like we're (laughs) Amber and I, we like to, um, uh, buy all, all the kids Christmas gifts before Advent so that we're not like doing Christmas shopping during Advent. And uh, so we're in Christmas gift discernment mode, right? And <laughs> it's it's sometimes it's very easy to know which gift fits this child in this season of their life. And other times it's hard to know, like, does this gift fit this child in this season of their life? And I think that understanding that certain gifts fit us in certain seasons of our life and the, the mm-hmm. father is discerning which gifts he's pouring out in which season. And, but uh, like, if if I get a quote, better gift for my daughter, Sophia, than I do for my daughter, Liliana, because there's a better gift that fits her in the season. And there's not quite that kind of a gift that fits Liliana. That doesn't mean I love Sophia more than Liliana. It just means that there's a, there's a particular gift that's being poured out in this season for this individual. And to, to look at our own lives. Okay, Father, what gifts are you pouring out in this season? And 
I'm going to be so grateful for no matter what gifts you pour out on me. And I'm not going to look to my brothers and sisters in Christ and compare myself and feel less loved by you because their gifts may look better or more that's shiny. A good analogy. Yeah, that's really, really good. I Well, yeah, it, that's where our gratitude and thanksgiving and the, the things that we've been given by the Lord now transcend to so much um, outside of the here and now. What about you, Aaron? When you think about life and ministry, um, life in the Lord, um, what are the things that come to mind that you're thankful for? Yeah. Uh, two things. So I, a couple years ago, I was in a moment of prayer and the Lord gave me a beautiful image where he showed like, um, showed me in the middle of what I, what I received as, as like a life of ministry. And then he showed like a, a mountain range that surrounded this place. And on the outside were storms and on the inside was calm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the Lord made the promise that, you know, as you continue to pour yourself out, you won't experience the, the storms. Um, and wrestling with a number of different areas of storms in my life in the last <laughs> couple, couple weeks, just in kind of the chaos of, of moving our family and then, mm-hmm. um, struggling with my, my dad's going through some, uh, recovery from, from some sickness. Uh, what I found has been kind of a, a moment by moment reminder of that promise yeah. of like, when I, when I, when I, um, keep my focus inward, mm-hmm. I spiral. And when yeah. I, when I'm like, okay, this doesn't like the last thing that I want to do right now is go and preach mm-hmm. or to go and yep. uh, lead worship. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but the moment that I step into that is like, oh my gosh, God, you're faithful to your promise. Yeah, that's so good. That there's a there's a grace that comes from from stepping in and saying like, yes, I will serve. Uh, that I think, I don't know, it's probably a probably a universal human reality, but it's at least a universal Aaron reality that like my life was meant was made to be poured out. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. I, Me too. I, I, I'm going through. It. And you guys know, but just like getting wrecked on personal accounts, (laughs) different things. And we've been just within the personal life as well. There's been a lot of like financial hits and I've been uh, not struggling with peace at all, but the, like just in conversation with Amber, I was like, man, like, like God had poured out so much financial uh, providence. And we were like, I was finally feeling like we were in good spot. Right. And then all this came and it, and it was interesting because it's like, she, mm. she didn't use these words, but basically like, what if the, the providence that God poured out yesterday was meant to be the provision for today. And yeah. I think that I the, it's, if we're only looking at today and not like what he has done, sometimes we, we lose sight of like, Oh, okay. Like that, that God had, a, he actually had a plan for what was going to come. He had a plan for the storms that would come in your life. And he has intentionally poured out providence over the years to be your provision for today. And, um, I think it's so neat that, wow. Okay. Like, in the midst of the storm, let's look back. What are the promises, the providence that God has poured out mm-hmm. so that I actually have the the resources to deal with this right now? And and like, wow, he poured out peace on me so that I'm able to actually maintain peace. Or he's poured out hope on me so that I can maintain hope. And mm-hmm. to see what he's given in the past really, I think, helps you in the present um, mm-hmm. to 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 remain on him and to say, thank you. Like, thank you. Even, even though this kind of stinks right now, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, is, is there any better, um, 
is there any better evidence for my gratitude or my thankfulness than my ongoing yes to the Lord, right? That like, Lord, I'm so thankful for everything you have done for me in my life that I say yes again to you today, even in absence of that same evidence, right? Or felt absence of that evidence. Like, I, I think that, um, that that's where when we proclaim Jesus as Lord, it's so important to stay in that, in the sense that, Lord, I was thankful for when you were a Lord who's... Um, <laughs> whose bounty was clearly being poured out for me. And I'm also thankful when you're the Lord and um, and you're allowing me to live from that bounty into this moment so that when you pour it out again, I recognize how far your bounty can go, right? Because like, so that, it's, that, it's exactly what you're saying there, Dan, is like the, the providence of yesterday, those graces that the Lord has given me in, in today, if I'm, not, if I'm not seeing a very clear pouring out there, I'm now realizing how far that resource can go. It's like it can go through the storms. The the that resource of peace can go through yeah. tremendous storms. That resource of power can go through immense times of unfelt um presence or yeah. whatever. And I think there is a Well, just even that that resource of that that encounter you had with Jesus or that yes. conversion moment. It's amazing mm-hmm. how often just in my own life, I go back to those moments where the Lord spoke to me. I'm like, okay, even though I have doubt right now, I know this was him, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes. the, 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 yeah. those moments when the Lord was clearly present mm-hmm. are, are the resource for today. Mm-hmm. And Brad, you also used the word bounty a few times. I feel like we don't use that word enough. <laughs> like let's just talk about the Lord's bounty, bounty. more. Yeah. No, no, it's bountiful. We, we talk, we, we like, like in, Bless in, us in, the, in Lord. the time, and these from thy bounty. Like the Lord, it's not that the Lord, and I think we can think this, it's not that the Lord today realized that you were doing okay, so he's gonna turn all of his attention to everyone else. Like that's just not the reality. Yeah. The Lord's attention is always on us. I do think there's times where he gives us opportunity for faith and hope because he's good, because faith and hope he knows allows us to love different than if we never needed it. Why does Jesus hide in the Eucharist? Why doesn't he just come in glory like he did on Mount Tabor every single time? Yeah. Just re- well, because it gives me no opportunity to ascend, to, to, <laughs> to submit my will. Yeah. Like, it, it like, and he he just thinks differently than us. So well, obviously there's something, dare I say, good in the fact that he's hiding. It, we talk about the Easter egg hunt. I've brought that up a number of times here, but like... It's Thanksgiving. We're not talking about <laughs> yeah, Easter sorry, yet, Brad. Okay. I bet you okay. put your it's Christmas tree up too, <laughs> didn't you? Yes, have Come a, on, I have man. a life-size bunny in the front yard already. <laughs> You're listening to Mariah Carey, aren't you? You came in. <laughs> All yeah. I want for Christmas is the Easter bunny, yeah. you know? Uh, so I think that, the, why, yeah, why not Tabor all the time? Because there's something really exciting about climbing the mountain with expectation. And like, I mean, imagine James and John and like going up and and, and Peter going up to Tabor with, with Jesus. Like, man, he picked us. Like, what's going to happen? Like, this is pretty exciting. Like, we're going out, like, yeah, we're, we're here. Yeah, yeah. We're taking this day, ascending this mountain with, with mm. Jesus. Like, what's he going to do wonder, today? Wonder, yeah. followed and, by awe. Wonder, yeah. I wonder up the mountain. Yeah, yeah. All at the revelation. Exactly. The yeah. And and the, if you're in those seasons, I mean, even Thanksgiving, like think about how the Thanksgiving day goes. I think Thanksgiving is such a funny holiday because it's like literally, <laughs> and then like this huge season around like one meal. <laughs> and I'm always like, man, that was anticlimactic. Like, 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 like we've had decorations in the house. We've had all this preparation. I think we made and the meal was food done la- way too fast. We made the same food last year. It's still good, but yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a lot of yeah, hype. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I, when it comes to our Christmas, like our Christmas Eve meal, it like lasts like seven hours because we do like the feast <laughs> of all these, like the seven fishes. And it's just like this, like, but then Thanksgiving's always like, boom, it's done. I'm like, man, okay. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's this idea of expectation and then fulfillment. And then you have to wait until you're hungry again before you eat again. And I think mm -hmm. that like the Lord does the exact same thing <laughs> in our spiritual life. He wants us to have expectation. Then we get fulfilled. And then there's that season after fulfillment where yeah. I have to adjust to the fulfillment I've received. And I, I need to rest thankful for that. But the, the hunger has to build again before the next feast comes. That's and good. and That's the Lord really wants that hunger to, because then we would just be fat. Like, and yeah. so like, let like those seasons of hunger are awesome. Those seasons of expectation are awesome because the fact that I'm hungry and I'm hungry for a meal with the Lord means the feast is coming. And, and if I'm not hungry, that means there's probably no feast coming. Yeah, and yeah. if there's no expectation, no feast is coming. And so like, if you're in those seasons of waiting, of expectation, of wanting more from the Lord, like, thank you, Jesus. Like in those moments, be grateful because mm -hmm. there's an abundant feast that's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our liturgical calendar is like even built around that, right? Like e even the very There's Brad functional... trying to celebrate Christmas again before it's time. <laughs> but it's like no. always like these seasons of fasting and feasting. Yeah. Like yeah, that's written good. into the life of the church is the experience of the church's people, you know? And um, yeah, it, it's funny because off of what you're saying there, Aaron, like I do think that times... When, I don't know, um, it's almost, I'll say it like this, it's almost more important to be thankful, absent evidence, because it teaches me how to not overlook Thanksgiving when there's an abundance of evidence. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's actually by, by making the choice that in the storm, I'm going to be thankful, that when there's no storm, I remember that I should be thankful. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because sometimes, I, I don't know if you guys experience this, but our life at Damascus, like, I am sometimes so overwhelmed by how much blessings being poured out that I forget to thank the Lord for the blessing. Oh yeah, for sure. That, that I, it's just commonplace. And I'm not even saying that in pride at all. It's just like, oh my goodness, like the applications, people are filling those out. People are showing up to these events we're running. People are meeting the Lord at these events we're running. The people that are meeting the Lord at the events we're running are sending their whole family to our other events. Like I can forget in those seasons. And again, this is on me and I, I, I want to shape my heart to be better, but I can forget to turn and say, Lord, thank you so much that these universities were open to this, that you did this, you know? But when I, when I am in a, a hardship, I, I remember, man, I really should be thankful. And then I wrestle with it for a while and then I am thankful. And then because I experienced that in that, yeah. I don't know, what do you think about mm. that? Well, I mean, it's a habit. Yeah. Right. It's a habit that we got to build. Uh, it's, it's a virtue. Right. Yeah. Our, our thankfulness is, it's a, it's a virtue that, that comes from, from practice. And hmm. yeah, you're totally right. I mean, you know, you hear that, that platitude that, that your prayer is most valuable when, when you, you know, when you pray, when you don't want to. And yeah, uh, I, I think that it's, it's an invitation into right sizing our expectation of, mm -hmm. of seeing that, okay, God, I'm not, I'm not only in a relationship to, with you when it serves me. Right. Uh, um, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm making that connection again. This is maybe another, just another vantage point from, uh, on the idea that, that this is the place where encounter meets mission, that, that, you know, 
encounter with Jesus has to be rooted in the yes, regardless of regardless mm-hmm. of what the payoff is. Because I got, I've got to trust that the payoff is is relationship, right? The payoff is is that Jesus, that I'm gonna I'm gonna meet you here. I'm gonna meet you in the fact that hey, you're you're not just the God of victory, right? You are you are just as present on the cross as you are in the resurrection. And there's a time where I, where I yes. had to experience one and the other. Yes. So so don't let me shut the door to what mm-hmm. um, you know what aspect of relationship you're trying to teach me right now because I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they're and they're all connected. And we talk about that with encounter and mission. That that we encounter the Lord, we go on mission where we encounter Him again, which sends us on to mission, right? Yeah. And like Mount Tabor, mm-hmm. if we're going back to the transfiguration, like like theme or or idea rather, like those fishermen met a rabbi that came to the seashore and, and elevated them out of, out of the, the mundane. And now that same rabbi who has been encountered before is inviting them up this mountain. And what I love about that is to your point, Dan, like up the mountain, there's probably a curiosity, like, what are we doing this time? Like you've taken us from the seashore. Now we're traveling, like all these things. But I, I'm always so blessed when I read the gospel of John and his beautiful prologue when he's like, and we saw his glory. Like how marked, like how marked he was by the transfiguration. Like, like he kept going back to encounter while he was living out this mission, which eventually took him to Patmos. But like they were trying to kill him. He was writing this gospel, like this mission that he was in was sustained, and you can tell by his words, by, by this profound encounter that I'm sure wasn't easy. Like, they were always trying to kill the apostles. They were plotting against them. They were becoming outcasts to the Jewish community, but people were also following them. They were living in this wrestle, like with storms, literal storms, and, and other things, and, and famine, and like, and then all of a sudden, like, John realizes in a moment that like, whoa, all of these things led to this, and I encountered his glory, and even in me being boiled alive or whatever they tried to do to John, we saw his glory. And everything I tell you after this were all of the steps to him revealing his ultimate glory in the resurrection. And so, like, man, if we could just, to your point, not divorce mm. the aspects. You know, what's so funny is I'm I'm just thinking about um, I first encountered Jesus through people who had so little who were thankful, Uh, you know, like uh, seventh grade, um, I went on a mission trip uh, to Appalachia and, um, and Aaron and I've, you know, I've been to cranks, uh, so so many years after that, but the seventh grade Dan saw poverty in an insane way for the first time ever. And it shook me to the core that these were some of the happiest people I've ever met and some of the most grateful people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, mission trip after mission trip, high school after high school that we take down to Cranks Creek, they have the same exact experience, right? What shakes them at the core is that even though you don't have the resource, you're still grateful. Mm -hmm. And what if that's actually the most effective way to lead others to encounter Jesus? What if the most effective means to evangelization is that we would be a people who, even though we may not have all the resources we want as a church right now, or maybe we're not seeing the outpouring of God and uh, to the level that we desire, mm-hmm. we're still the most grateful people ever. Mm-hmm. And that if we could allow, if our parishes 
could be the the beacon of gratitude yeah. in, in the midst of the difficulties of daily life. Imagine when people come, the conversions they would have, that, mm-hmm. that gratitude and thanksgiving is is a means. It, um, man, I just think it's, it, it's probably one of the primary means of evangelization, mm-hmm. that like there's nothing more captivating than people who are truly grateful, mm-hmm. even when they don't have everything. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it, it it causes people to question like, wow, yeah. like, well, what is the cause of your gratitude? Mm-hmm. And it's so clear that the cause of your gratitude is, is him, mm-hmm. he who pours out. And, uh, yeah. like, man, or, yeah, we, it, it's so connected to evangelization. Yeah. It's wild. It reminds me of that Evangelii Gaudium quote from Pope Francis. And there, there's a lot of, like, if you haven't read that book and you're listening today, like just please. Get well, it's it. a little bit more than a book. I mean, it yeah, is an if you haven't read that apostolic yeah. exhortation, <laughs> yes. yeah. um, then please get it. But um, he says in it that in order to persist in fervent evangelization, we must be convinced from personal experience that it's not the same thing to know Jesus as not to have known him. And what I've always loved about that simple statement is that like what makes me different than what I see in my day to day life is when I'm grateful amidst hardship. Mm-hmm. because life with Jesus is different than if I didn't have Jesus in my life because hardships suck. Yeah. Like, and so for me to be unpleasant because something unpleasant's happening to me is naturally the response. Yeah. If the response is other, it's because something else is there, you know, like that is what helps me persist. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts, or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. He is honored by the Church as a saint with the title of the Seraphic Doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. One of the greatest theologians and Franciscan mystics in church history, Bonaventure also wrote a biography of St. Francis that was commissioned by the Franciscans themselves. It took a saint and true mystic to understand a true saint and mystic. He died in 1274. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. EWTN, Heavenly Hints. What's aggravating you today? Mass run too late? The price of macaroni and milk too high? Consider your early Christian brothers and sisters who habitually offered up their suffering. Pope John Paul II encourages us to accept our sufferings with unshakable faith, to allow them to take on extraordinary value for the life of the church and the good of humanity. Find value in all experiences. Choose acceptance over aggravation. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Let me throw, let me throw this quick and, and see what you guys think. And then uh, I have one more thought before we uh, wrap up. Um, righteousness, though, because exactly what you're saying. So I, I know why you're saying that, that like th- there should be a righteous frustration with that. But righteousness without responsibility is futile. They're like, I've been really reflecting on the Beatitudes recently. And the Lord says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I think oftentimes we read that in like, righteousness in the world. 
But if I'm hungering and thirsting, I want to be righteous. Like I'm hungering and thirsting for right order in me so I can impart that right order on others. When I actually take that responsibility, like I will see God. Yeah. Like, like, and when I see God, I begin seeing that he's bringing this wholeness here so I can spread that. I think what happens sometimes, and the reason I think you're right, that I need to be thankful that the Lord freed me from the slavery that's contained within that thought is because when I get frustrated with it, I just make an argument that brings more people to my side that oftentimes doesn't actually move the needle at all. No, yeah. At all. But yeah. when I take that responsibility and say like, well, let it start here yeah. and then move it forward. Yeah. No, um, that's a great word. Yeah. It is funny because the word righteousness is often so it's portrayed outward, but it is in the Jewish context when we say that Joseph was a righteous man. Yeah, yeah. It, the, it, it's that... They, he faithfully followed the the Mosaic law, yes. right? That and so, it, it, you know, happy are those, blessed are those who hunger and thirst to faithfully follow the Lord's law. For it's they the same shall with see Daniel, God. they found yeah. no fault within him. What did that yeah. mean? It meant he was righteous. Yeah, they, they 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 looked and there was no fault there. Yeah, like what happens to us when we make a good argument but have no character backing it? Ad hominem immediately, right? But, if, but, but even but, if you do have I've the good character behind it, you only have the good character because he provided the grace it. for you to have that's good it. character. And of course, you you went along with that exactly. grace. Exactly. But like, he, like if I am a righteous man and, and I look to those who are unrighteous with condemnation or judgment mm -hmm. as if I am the source of my own righteousness, I'm a Pharisee. That's yep. exactly what they were right. The Pharisees were righteous, yeah, right, but they were right, Pharisaical. Right. They had a yes, mindset of condemnation for something they didn't because they they thought they earned their way to righteousness. Yes. You no, you don't no, earn it. We're all saved by grace, yes, and, and yes. that's not a Protestant term. That's biblical. Yes, we are saved yes. by grace, and mm -hmm. it is the grace of Christ yep. that enabled me to to follow His law, to know that's His it. law to follow his law. And in that, I should be so grateful. Yeah, and what did the saints write? That we act in accord with that grace, right? Yeah. We Like he gives that grace and I act in accord with it. That is what brings salvation to the world. And even that I'm able to act in accord with his grace is a grace. Yes, good, like, right. like, it all goes back. Come right on. Yes. Like, because when I yes. don't act in accord with yeah. his grace, what do I yep. do? I ask for him for the grace to act in accord no, with that's, his grace. That's, that's so good. It's his strength yeah. in me, alive in me, that enables mm -hmm. me yeah. to yeah. receive all of his gifts. Take, and so just take, a, thank take another, you, another step too. So, you know, Jesus says he doesn't come to uh, abolish the law, but to fulfill it, right? That Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Yeah. So there's a there's a transformation of righteousness to just being faithful to the law to actually being in right relationship with him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the righteousness for us doesn't imply that I'm doing good things apart from relationship with God. Yeah. It actually... It's actually the opposite. That's so good. Yeah, mm -hmm. let me bring let me bring up one more thing before before we close. So, um, I I I firmly believe that Thanksgiving is the antidote to the the biggest issues in the world today. And, and the two that I see most the holiday often, or the sorry sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Thanksgiving. We need more turkey, more more. Tur oh wow, that's good. You got Brad really good there. Okay, um, oh man, he's going. No, I, he's going. No no no. So um, <laughs> the, the disposition of gratitude. The pilgrim said the same <laughs> thing. Brad. Thanksgiving as the <laughs> Thanksgiving as the disposition of gratitude. So like um, being grateful, I, I think is the antidote to the two biggest issues I see in the world today. And we all do a lot of ministry. And I think we might be able to agree here that I think the two biggest issues facing the Western world today, at least America and in our context with young people, anxiety and entitlement, anxiety and entitlement, that anxiety is suffocating them and entitlement is leading them to believe falsities all the time. And I, I want to speak um, 
two things and then throw it to you guys and, and just maybe um, discuss this. So in scripture, Philippians is, is my, my favorite of Paul's writings. Um, and it just always has been. And at the end of it's Philippians, it's good really one. good. In chapter four, he says, have no anxiety at all, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. I love that scripture because of two things. It, it actually speaks the antidote to anxiety as bringing my petitions faithfully with thanksgiving to God. That's amazing. So it's saying that thanksgiving, that element within that transcends the anxiety that I, that I first had. Secondly, it, it says at the very end, um, make your requests known to God, not your demands, which is also really interesting because it changed my life. This had to be like five years ago now when I, when I realized that I actually deserve nothing. I literally deserve non-existence. Like if we take it all the way down mm -hmm. and, and if you start there, I'm, I'm not in like some, I don't know, dark way, but like if I realize that the only thing I deserve is non-existence and I literally believe everything past the point of non-existence is gift, holy, <laughs> I'm the richest person ever. Uh -huh. Like I'm the richest person ever. And it takes me purely out of entitlement because I've never been entitled to anything I have now and it's exponentially more than I ever deserved. So <laughs> I, I guess like, let's just- um, maybe throw that here quick. Like how have you seen maybe in your own life and the lives of those you're ministering to, maybe in the lives of our missionaries, like Thanksgiving, you know, become the peace that, that transcends understanding, right? That, that's what Paul's talking about is that the, the way to have peace is to bring these requests to God, faithfully give it to him and be thankful for what is and what will be. So what are ways that we've seen Thanksgiving transcend anxiety and entitlement, our own lives, other lives? Let's set up shop there. Uh, that's such a good word. I love, I love what you're saying, especially about, um, breaking anxiety and entitlement. Mm -hmm. I, I guess what's just coming to my mind is my own family again, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that, um, the uh, entitlement is, is a destroyer of the good and it, it breaks the peace within the home. Right. Mm. Uh, and so the, yeah. what, when the Lord says, ask and you shall receive, if you understand that asking is making your request known to God and not making your demands known to God, mm -hmm. then you mm -hmm. understand exactly what you're receiving. And, and so, yeah. you know, I, how can I, how can I, under, how can I say that the Lord gives us everything we ask for if what I'm asking for uh, our demands. Like that's actually, I don't receive mm. everything I ask for if they're demands, but I do receive everything I ask for if they're request to a benevolent mm -hmm. father. Mm -hmm. And, and so when my children ask me for something, well, they're, they're making their request known to me and it's allowing me to understand, okay, now how am I going to bless them based off of this request? And, yeah. yep. and it allows me to go in a discernment period of, I now understand what they desire and now mm -hmm. I can take their desires that have been communicated and I can pour goodness to fulfill those desires in the way that I know is best for them. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I think the, the same thing with the father. And if I'm bringing entitlement to the father, um, it, I, I'm expecting results as opposed to saying, listen, you know what's best for me and you understand me in a way I don't understand myself yet. And yes. uh, believe it or not, you have more experience at this than I do. And so, um, so I do receive, and it, it's, it's hard because even when you're preaching that phrase, ask and you shall receive, sometimes I'm, I'm afraid that if not preached in the full context, people 
they they go to the Lord with entitlement as opposed to understanding like the benevolence of the Father and the goodness of the Father. It's not that he's never like he is literally giving us everything we we request of him. Yeah, channeled through the best possible way to receive mm-hmm. that. Yep, that's really good. I see, Brad. I see. Uh, Entitlement and anxiety, those are not fruits of the spirit, right? Right. So so let me take it a step further. Like we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against mm. against demonic yeah, power, powers and principalities. Right? Yeah. So so anxiety and entitlement are are works of the enemy. So yeah. when you when you expose the works of the enemy to the light of to the light of grace, to the light of the spirit, what happens yeah. is they just lose their power. They dissipate, yeah. Yep. So and it's it's like the perfect it's the perfect antidote, but it's mm-hmm. also the perfect antidote that we don't want to receive. So I know for myself, I'll just speak yeah. from simple yeah. experience. Like for whatever reason, it feels like there's some there's some semblance of control when I when I grab hold of anxiety and entitlement, right? But I know that the minute I start to express thankfulness, gratitude, that all of a sudden that stuff just loses its allure. Yes. It loses its power. So so what can you do? Well, make it part of your discipline. Mm-hmm. Good. Make make gratitude Good. part of your discipline. Yep. Here here at Damascus, one of the ways we do that, even in ministry, is that every retreat, regardless of how successful it was or how hard it was mm-hmm. or how much of our staff is exhausted <laughs> and sick and sleep deprived, right? Yeah. That that we we end we begin with intercession, we end with Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like it's it's those moments, you know, that regardless of regardless of how my body's feeling there's yeah. there's spiritual fruit that's being born mm-hmm. and there's a habit that's being formed that's right that that doesn't matter if you want this mm-hmm. you need this yes yes and it's a concept that we teach here and i i think um i i bless the lord for for giving us um that particular teaching on expectant thanksgiving yeah that i can thank him before things happen cuz that's the definition of hope the definition of hope is i'm holding on to your promises and thanking you for what i have not yet already seen and i i think that um yeah, like have no anxiety. Don't don't be entitled because the the Lord like the Lord isn't going to give you your demands because he actually what he desires for you is better than what you desire for you. Yes. One of the things we teach during our mission support raising boot camp here. So all of our missionaries for those listening, they 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 raise um support, financial support so that they can live as missionaries for as long as the Lord calls them to. And we we teach a a very profound truth there that that Catholicism is not, it, it's, it's not the, um, it's not a prosperity gospel and it's not a poverty gospel. It's a providential gospel. That, that's the beauty of Catholicism, that a prosperity gospel says, because you've done these things, you're entitled to things. A, an impoverished gospel says that like, well, I need to have anxiety because I, I don't really have much. Like it, 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 like it gets me into this place where, well, I'm just a bunch of nothingness and I have nothing good to bring. And I'd be anxious in that situation too. If I have nothing to bring and have no idea what to do, right? The providence that, that threads through those two suggests this, that no, I I know, I know what is best for you. And if you can present to me your desires, I will give you those desires maybe in ways you didn't expect and maybe in ways you did expect. And at the same time, I will constantly speak over you the goodness that I've placed in you, the place that I have for you. And there you there you don't have to fall to these extremes, right? Like and, and that, and we know that that's where virtue's at. That's also where God's at, because God is virtue. Like God is in in between those those two tension points, those two extremes that 
we can favor at different times, even in our own lives. I, I find this in me sometimes. It's like, Lord, I've given you my life as a missionary and I'm not getting this yet. That's not how this works, right? <laughs> it's like, no, that's actually a prosperity, that's a prosperity mindset. That no, I I just I wanna I wanna walk the path of providence, mm-hmm. the providential gospel. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's so rich. Yeah. Thank why, you, Jesus. Why don't we close in prayer? You wanna you wanna uh, kick us in there and, Dan, yeah, and then we'll absolutely. Uh, pray um, for everyone. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. 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 Oh, Lord, we just pray for a greater outpouring of um, the gift of wonder and all that you would pour out wonder and all in our hearts that we would see what you're doing and we would fall to our needs and worship of you. Lord, we pray for the grace to activate the discipline to be more thankful in our daily lives mm-hmm. and that you would um, open our eyes so that we would see. Lord, I, I pray you would start opening our eyes to just the smallest things ever. I think I, I, I think the Lord wants to say he's uh, curing blindness today, that there mm-hmm. has been a spiritual blindness that your heart has had for a number of years, and you haven't seen the, the just the incredible grace that the Lord's been pouring out in all the small things of life. And the Lord wants to cure that spiritual blindness today. So Lord, I just pray as you healed the blind man, you would heal us today, mm-hmm. that we would see what you are doing in our midst. We would see what you are doing in our midst. Lord, I, I, I bring to you problems that we have in our lives, and I pray that we would see what you are doing in our midst, that you are the solution and you are the promise to those problems. Yeah, Jesus, I, I pray that that thank you, Jesus, would be the prayer on our lips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lord, bring that to our mind, that thank you, Jesus, would 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 be our reaction when we when we face trial and when we face blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, make us grateful. Shape our hearts so that we can be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're um, watching on YouTube or listening, what I want you to do is to open your eyes and look around. And if, uh, if you're struggling with Thanksgiving, are you driving to a job that's provided for your family for years? Are you driving in a car that you own? Are you able to see because your eyes work? Are you able to hear this podcast because your ears work? Let's let's never take for granted an opportunity to be grateful. Are you drinking thankful. a cup of coffee? Are you drinking a cup of coffee? Thank you, Thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, right? Like, um, <laughs> I, I begin every morning with worship, but literally. Yes. Except for those mornings when you where the Keurig yeah. says, add water. I'm like, no! And, and, and what's Who amazing about that? that is I'm so thankful that I even have a Keurig to oh, bring coffee yeah, yeah, to yeah, me yeah, every morning. Yeah, but no, if, yeah. you're, um, <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, thank you. Thank you for listening. We're also really thankful for our sponsors at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. They've been so faithful to us since the very beginning of this show. We're excited to see what this show continues to do, and it would be impossible without their graciousness. So thank you, St. Gabriel Radio. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. 